Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, this is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests, deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. Welcome to the first podcast of The Nature of Hope. This podcast is about delighting in nature and finding hope in God. The backdrop of His universe is love, so let's explore. I'm going to start off today with an excerpt from my new book, This Outside Life, Finding God in the Heart of Nature. Now, I'm not doing this because I want thousands of you to run out and buy it, although let's be honest, that would be awesome. But I want to set the tone for why nature is important. Nature is the language of God. And if we want to learn more about His ways, His thoughts, and why He has told us in the Bible that He's quite delighted in what He has made, then we do well to ponder it. And I find it fascinating that in the midst of hard times, when people are going through hard times in the Bible— God asked Job to consider his creation. And even Jesus told us to consider the lilies, notice the sparrows, and reassure us that his eye was on them as well as us. So through our weekly explorations, we will learn fascinating facts about his creation and lessons for ourselves about finding purpose, finding love, forgiveness, and joy in life, all through this gorgeous world he has made. So here is chapter one from my book, This Outside Life, Finding God in the Heart of Nature. Chapter one, Why Nature Matters. I've been riveted hidden in a nature blind with my grandmother, watching peregrine falcons hurtle down from the heavens at over 200 miles an hour. I've been delighted at neon pink and purple sea slugs 80 feet underwater. I've been charmed watching cardinals feed each other berries. I've been thrilled witnessing falling stars. I've been surprised by seals joining me while paddleboarding. I've been thunderstruck at the immensity and power of downpours in an Australian rainforest. I'm constantly amazed and delighted by all that goes on in this gorgeous world made by God. And I believe God wants us to notice it all. You don't have to go whitewater rafting, scuba diving, backpacking, or traveling to distant countries. You can step outside your back door. 
Just sitting there every morning with your cup of coffee for five minutes will enlighten you tremendously. You will begin to notice things. What birds are hanging around? What did the frost do to the daffodils that were beginning to emerge? Are there any gophers digging up the lawn? What flowers do the snails prefer to eat? What direction does the wind usually come from? And many other nuances of nature. Just stepping outside, notice and delight in all the good that God is doing. In the beginning, while he made the world, repeatedly we read the phrase, And God saw that it was good. From Genesis 1. After each step, he is pleased and he calls it good. I imagine in a small way, it's like when we do something well. You nailed that birthday party. You figured out how to fix something. You created a meal or a painting and it turned out well. You know it and you are pleased. Although with him, it is not only good, it is perfect and beautiful. The world he has made is his first revelation of himself, of his character, and of his design sense, and it's a reflection of what he delights in. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Romans 1 verse 20. God's divine nature is clearly seen through the beauty, the wonder, and science of what he has made, and we do well to ponder it. David writes, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Psalm 8 verses 3 to 4. God's handiwork is not only beautiful, it's healthful. It is good for us, good for us to live in, eat from, and delight in. In Florence Williams' fascinating book, The Nature Fix, she describes what walking in nature does for our bodies and minds. According to the latest findings in science, just walking in nature for around 30 to 45 minutes alone, preferably in evergreen woods or near running water or the ocean, has a similar effect on our systems as a daily antidepressant pill. Also, being in nature elevates our NK, or natural killer cells, to ward off disease. Japan and South Korea are so convinced about the biological benefits of being in nature that they are dedicating more and more acreage and parks to the practice of forest bathing, or shinmen-yoku. In this experience, you walk along, paying particular attention to the sights and smells around you. You break branches to smell the sharp tang of the cypress oils. You breathe deeply and close your eyes. You get present. You unwind. This is forest bathing, and although it sounds woo-woo, the science is impressive. And who among us doesn't feel better after a walk outside? But unfortunately, the most outside many of us get is scurrying from our car to the office or home. And for our children, it's even more important that they get outside. Kids need nature. 
James Salas says, based on previous studies, we can definitely say that the best predictor of a preschool children's physical activity is simply being outdoors, and that an indoor, sedentary childhood is linked to mental health problems. Another study on the effect of nature in children came to these conclusions. Access to green space was associated with improved mental well-being, overall health, and cognitive development of children. It promotes attention restoration, memory, competence, supportive social groups, self-discipline, moderates stress, improves behaviors and symptoms of ADHD, and was even associated with higher standardized test scores. Finnish students, they don't start school until age seven and spend a large amount of time outdoors even after they begin formal schooling, 15 minutes for every hour. Yet they consistently score higher than most other children in the world and have superior literacy skills. Who wouldn't want all those benefits for their kids? But we are afraid. We don't want to let our kids roam around outside unattended. So go with them. Find a forest, find a park, go with friends where they can roam and play without having to be on an organized team or a play structure. Find a puddle to look for insects and tadpoles. Have them sniff evergreen branches. Encourage your child to get messy, dirty, and inquisitive. One of my proudest moments at the park was when I was the only mother who would let her child play in a mud puddle. I remember one rainy spring afternoon, I had had it. I was lonely and my toddler was stir-crazy. I was sick of being cooped up inside day after day due to the rain. All right, I said, let's pretend we live in the Pacific Northwest. They don't stay inside because of the rain and neither will we. I got them dressed in rain boots and a raincoat and I dressed the same. We went outside and started hunting for frogs. We lifted up flower pots and chairs and unraveled the hose and found several hidden within the folds. He squealed with delight. We stomped in puddles and tried to make the biggest splashes possible. We lifted up stones and hunted for plump earthworms. There was a small creek, more like a rivulet, in a ditch across the road. I made simple foil boats and we raced them in the water. We looked for tadpoles in standing water. We had a blast, and it didn't take any advanced planning or tools, just stepping outside. Science proves this will do far more for your child's brain development than staring at any screen. So how can we become more at home in nature and derive its benefits for ourselves and our families more often? It doesn't take much. You don't have to climb Everest, start backpacking every weekend, or travel to Japan. Just step outside. Maybe get a bird feeder and watch the birds. Learn what foods they like and what size birdhouses they need. Try to grow something. Some flowers are easy. Walk the dog around the area. Notice the sounds, the sights. Is it always windy in the afternoon? From what direction does the wind blow? Step outside at night. Can you see the stars? Can you spot the constellation of Orion? Maybe you can ride a bike with the family after dinner. Maybe on the weekends you can go to an area to hike or stroll. 
Find a place with tree stumps or a creek or wildflowers. As my rainy day demonstrates, it doesn't take much to fascinate kids. The goal of this book is to have you fall in love with and delight in God's handiwork and to discover His heart in it. The more you learn about the amazing things He has done, the more you want to learn and enjoy them. Ocean explorer Jacques Cousteau said, We protect what we love. I remember the day my son was born. I held him in my arms with all that mama bear love gushing through my system. And with tears running down my face, I said to my husband, I would jump in front of a train for this child. We protect what we love. I want you to fall so in love with this amazing, breathtaking world that you want to explore it and protect it. I want you to discover so many cool scientific and spiritual truths from nature that you want to share them with others. Then they too will fall in love with this world and want to safeguard it. You are not alone. You picked up this book because you love the outside world. The more I talk to people, read, and research, the more I realize that there is a groundswell of quiet nature lovers. You may not be hugging trees or marching in the streets, but you care deeply about this beautiful world. You care about its health and the health of your family and future generations. You are part of a growing tribe of nature enthusiasts who realize it's important and life-giving to get outside. You wonder if anyone notices that spring is coming earlier and earlier each year. You feel overwhelmed about all the negative news about plastic in our oceans and drilling in the Arctic. I know I do. I want to lighten your load. I want to give you simple ways to delight in what God has made and then maybe take others along with you in your strolls outside so they too can smell and see the delights that a walk in the woods can provide. Hopefully they too will discover the simple pleasures of identifying God's love notes in the skies, His songbirds. We want others to join us and realize there is a glorious world out there beyond the kitchen sink, cubicle, and car, and it is life-giving to walk among what the author of life has created. Astronauts have a unique view of the Earth. After seeing it from space, it affects their worldview and what they view as important. Kathy Sullivan, the first American woman to perform a spacewalk, returned to Earth with a sense of awe for our fragile planet. The thing that ruined me over these flights was a real motivation and desire to not just enjoy these sights and take those pictures, she says, but to make it matter. She says she never got tired of looking at Earth from the heavens. I'm not sure I'd want to be in the same room with someone who could get tired of that. In addition, she has a prescription for those of us who might have a jaundiced or arrogant view of the state of our earth. If I could get every earthling to do one circle of the earth, I think things would run a little differently. God puts so much creativity and wonder into this world. I want you to get a glimpse of it through these pages and hunger for more. I've seen things deep underwater that most people in the world will never see, like those neon pink and purple sea slugs. Why did he do this? If hardly anyone was going to see it, why not make it all gray and functional? 
He did it because it delights him. He did it because he values what he makes. And if he values all the tiny creatures in the Amazon rainforest and deep under the oceans, so should we. We have the erroneous notion about what the Genesis directive of dominion and stewardship means. Think of what dominion and stewardship mean in your relationship with your children. It means not poisoning them, not harming them for financial gain, not doing things that would stunt their growth. It's not too hard a concept to grasp, right? Spending time in nature is healing. It can draw you closer to the creative heart of God. It can help anxiety. It can help ADHD. It can give you a new perspective. Spending time outside is good for your insides. It's no wonder that Beethoven, Einstein, and Steve Jobs all took long walks outside. It quieted their minds and fueled their creativity. In 1910, hiker and philosopher John Muir noted that we were a tired and nerve-shaken, over-civilized people. That was 1910. <laughs> we need to reconnect with nature now more than ever. I want you to get outside more. You don't have to run a half marathon or become a master gardener. Just step outside your back door. I want you to have clean air to breathe, clean rivers and lakes and oceans for you and your children and grandchildren to play in. I want you to be able to look up at night and see the wondrous stars and spot the constellations. I want you to be able to pick out a deciduous tree from an evergreen. I want you to know a cardinal from a crow. I want you to be able to identify at least two different bird songs. I want you to hear the roar of the wind in the forest and the peaceful lap of pond water on the side of a boat. I want you to thrill at the sight of a bear, a bobcat, or a banana slug. I want you to step outside and find the heart of God in nature. He spoke the world into existence, and He continues to speak through His creation. He's there. He's everywhere. Just step outdoors, breathe deep, and fall in love with this outside life. If all this talk about delighting in nature and discovering God has spoken to your heart, you might be interested in a free resource that I have for you. It's a free guide called A Sense of God's Presence, a five-day guide to discovering Him through all five senses. People tell me that they step outside and they don't know what to do. They don't know what they're looking at. And so I developed this guide for that. It's a 28-page guide. It's full of beautiful full-color photographs that you can download for free to help you sense God through your five senses, even in your own backyard. Just go to lauriekaler.com and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. You will see the guide there and a video explaining it a little more. It's available for free for you to draw closer to God and get a sense of His presence. That's all for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about how to find the bluebird of happiness for your life. So you might want to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. And don't forget this week to de-stress and refresh. 
in the nature of hope.